this letter comes from a uh, gentleman named Rebart. Uh, he says, gentlemen, I am 71 years old, and since I have seen so much history unfold before my eyes, I can say without apology and with pride that I am a white racialist, and I share your concern over the gradual destruction we see of our Western civilization. We know that multiculturalism and diversity is a well-orchestrated curse brought upon us by the Esau-Edomite Jews. Esau-Edomite. Esau-Edomite Jews. Yeah, it's some biblical reference. (laughs) As I see it, we are living in a society which, because it is being successfully brainwashed by the Jews, obviously has no interest in a well-organized search for that which is true, or any honest desire to contemplate that which the ultimate truth might be in reference to anything. Instant physical gratification and emotional relativism appears to be our only criterion regardless of any tangible evidence to the contrary in reference to that which is really important circuses really important. yeah circuses nigger ball bubblegum candy cane and balloon entertainment seems to be the only things we pursue it is like the alice in blunderland existence in which the mad hatter appears to be by comparison the most nearly sane inmate in the asylum while everyone is in lockstep with the Queen of Hearts as she shouts in reference to anyone who would dare to challenge the status quo off with his head. Well, we thank you for writing in, and uh, yeah, we we say the same thing, and that's why we're, we're happy to see some uh, young college kids writing in and uh, figuring this out without... That's the wonderful thing about the Internet, you know, like I've talked about my college experience. That was in the 80s. That was the last few years before the Internet really became prime time and everyone knew about it. And I think it would have changed my life even earlier than it did uh, in the in the mid late nineties with VNN, but uh, it's a quickening agent. It allows you to, to get to the point a hell of a lot faster than you could when you're you're you know okay you grow up you go to college you learn this stuff it doesn't really seem to be true but what do you know you know you can dig through the stacks and find some true conservative books and that's about it and one or two magazines that at that point were totally taken over but now, yeah that happened to get, get right published. It happened to yeah. get published and find and the their reason, way into some library or And the only reason they did was, you know, a German-American Regnery published some of the conservative one, and even that isn't really overtly racialist. But we have to do this ourselves. The giant Jewish publishing houses are just going to keep coming up with the same tired, jejune, parched tripe they have been for the last <laughs> 100 years. We have to publish it all ourselves. The, the Internet makes it up free and easy. So we've had a couple of guys, eighteen or twenty years old, write us to now. This gentleman's seventy-one years old. Yeah, we want more people to come in. Join our forum at vnnforum.com. Get our paper and put it out. Talk to people you know. Make copies of CDs of Goyfire. Uh, give them MP3s. Push them in the right direction. That's the way to snowball this. Okay, because there ain't nothing for anybody in the Republican or Democrat party or in the mainstream so-called media. When I say them, that's everybody you know or have acquaintance with. And I don't care how if you're 71 or if you're 17. It's the same thing. These problems afflict us all. Right. You know, and remember, se- respectability is uh, an offshoot of mainstream morals. So that's not going in our direction yeah, these yeah, days. Respectability is the name is the cover for cowardice. Usually, in the case of Derbyshire, you know, we have to we have to stay respectable so, so we can keep the flame of conservatism. There's no conservatism left in National Review. There's nothing in it that's conservative. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. And they, there's always, you know, oh, we have to be responsible. Responsibility always seems to mean covering up the truth 
and, and claiming that you're more you're moral for doing that, or that you're more respectable and responsible. That's a word that little little liars love and cowards love. They're always point of propriety and tact and diplomacy. They always have a a great reason not to tell you the simple truth, the simple essential truth, that is the only foundation for doing any anything good. You know, you you, you can't build something good on a foundation of a lie. And if the lie is that all race doesn't matter, all races are equal. Well, when you try to build a society on that, what you get is is the kind of stuff we've been talking about today. You get 150 gang robberies from a bunch of nigger rapists who don't even belong in the country in the first place. You know, our country has been refounded by the Jews on a lie, and therefore it is no surprise that the country is falling apart. To get back to doing things the right way to correct the mistake, we have to go to an all-white nation with no Jews, no coloreds in it. Only upon that foundation can we build something that will last. That the fact may be that a you, long time coming, though. But it may be, but there ain't no way it around the it. End. I understand that. There's no shortcut. There's no possible way you can pretend that inferior ingredients will make a, a solid, you know, cake or or building foundation. So. There's no, you know, the shortest way is the is <laughs> the long way around is the shortest way home. The fact that we to openly began to talk about it too is uh, when the, we have when to move forward to an all-white nation. Move forward to. We're not worried about the past. Move forward to an all-white nation. That's what we're doing. No political connection to Jews. No political connection to Negroes. No political connection to the Mexicans. Don't want nothing to do with them. They're scum. Don't need them. And that's how most white people feel, as evidenced by their very behavior and where they choose to plant themselves and live their lives. When white people move, something like 85% of them move to a whiter area than the one they left. So the white people are what the Jews denounce as racist and, and <laughs> praise as legitimate when blacks or Jews do it. Like Jews make Aliyah, go back to Israel, they're praised for it. They're moving to a Jewier environment. When they do it, it's wonderful. It's a great thing. When you move to a whiter environment, you're an evil coward who's fleeing because he's filled with hate and cowardice. Isn't that interesting? Jews do the same thing as whites, but they're good and we're bad. How about that? Right. How can that be? Well, that's just one of a thousand double standards we point out here in Goyfire. Yeah. Well, we don't accept them. We don't tolerate people telling us that we're shit. They're shit. Not us. We're the good guys. And you listening to this are the good guys, too, and you know it. We ain't wrong. We ain't filled with hate. They're filled with hate. They're wrong. They're the ones who hate us. We're the victims of their hate. So we're going our own way. There's a gentleman. You got any more mail, Stan? That. Yep. And uh, this comes from this, CJC. Is this the last one here? Yep. And he all right. writes uh, to all you good people who are our who are our hope, our very last hope. I am getting to be quite quite a sick old man approaching my death I need to know that if it was not for the likes of you I would die with no joy now I can say that say at the end thank God for this to think that I am allowed to live so long as to see this great renewal of my people and our values and sacred destiny I can also say with Simeon is that correct yeah s-i-m-e-o-n but to I any, that's biblical okay but I'm not positive but to any Aryan god there may be, now you may dismiss your servant, for I have lived to see what I see now. Huh. That's pretty emotional. That's really something, what he said. 
Well, we're honored that you see in us a renewal, and that's certainly what we intend to be and believe that we are. And it's it's only it's not us that's essential, but it's our argument that is essential. There there is no way. Longest way around is the shortest way home, and you got to get back to a white nation with white people, and that must be advocated for openly as we do it, and not try to be a cowardly, sniveling cur like British carpetbagger John Derbyshire. No. Race matters, and it's going to continue to matter, and there will never be a time when it doesn't matter. And our nation, a nation in which we can live as normal white people, it must be built upon a white racial foundation and with no other races involved. And it's just plain that simple, and there's no way around it. And we know, and growing numbers of people are waking up to this truth. You can see it on our forum. You can see it uh, Internet-wide, really. You can see it wherever the controlled media lets down its guard is when, you know, I was on Conway Whitman, and we had a sympathetic response is when David Duke was on uh, with the Zionist uh, Wolf Blitzer and, and dominated him. And you see, when whites are allowed to speak, but that's why they don't allow us. Because they know that people think the way we do. You know, we get this a lot. It's You aren't crazy for thinking like you hear us talking. Most white people think this way. It's just utterly suppressed so that the minorities and the Jews who lead them can feed off of us. But we represent what is true, and we are not going away. We are getting stronger, and we are going to have our own nation. So you can die in peace knowing that. But that doesn't mean that you younger people listening, you need to join in and join with this cause. The more of us there are, the easier, harder it is for them to pick us off. We have the only hope. There's no hope in the futurism of Newt Gingrich in which, you know, race doesn't matter and Martin Luther King is a wonderful hero and FDR is a wonderful hero and uh, everybody's going to be Republican and check their stocks. and you know, that, that future is never going to happen. How does Newt Gingrich explain, you know, a black family winning $2.6 million in the lottery and totally chimping out and losing it within months? There's only one way to explain that, a racial explanation, that niggers simply are not human in the sense that whites are, and their living with us is irreconcilable. The races are irreconcilable and cannot live in the same government, as Thomas Jefferson said. Now, who are you going to believe, Thomas Jefferson and me or Newt Gingrich, a lying tool of the Jews? constantly trying to get your son killed in wars for Israel. We are the only guys who have the solution. So we encourage everybody dying live or yet to be born to join forces with us and move forward to a white nation. Thanks for writing, CJC. He's essentially saying we're a continuum, all white people. And he lived through and witnessed and was a part of a segment of it, as are all of us. That, that, and you know what that comes from, Craig? That comes from Edmund Burke. And living links in a chain that extends from the past generations under the posterity, the future unborn generations, the posterity that Jefferson and others wrote the Constitution, the rights of those people to protect. Too. Well, how are they being protected? Look at the stories Craig gives up. Our rights are not being protected under a Constitution that allows Mexicans to jerk off on whites and blacks to gang rape and murder them like Shannon Christian. And, and Chris Newsom, who we're going to mention in, in every single episode of, of Goy Fire from this one to, to 150? How are they being protected? They're being destroyed. For all of us as men, you know, we all get to live only a limited time. So the young men now have somewhat longer to do what they have to do. And yeah. Some of it us time. But we're all in this continuum, and we all get to see a certain segment or slice of it. And, Protecting uh, our pos posterity. As Craig and, and Aegis and Stan know, and, and I know, that means protecting our kids from the depredations visited upon them by the Jews who now control our institutions and use the niggers to destroy us. 
And they can treat that as a joke in the, in, the, in the Blues Brothers and every other movie they've ever produced, but they can only do that by ignoring these stories. Newt Gingrich, you aren't going to hear a word from him about Shannon Christian and Chris Newsom because they put the lie to his bullshit about Martin Luther King and FDR and civil rights and his support for every last jot and tittle of the liberal agenda, even though he's called a conservative. We're telling you the truth about what's going on in America today, and only we are doing that. And only we have the solution, which is our race is our nation. Moving forward to a white nation is the only political goal worth pursuing. And that's our mission here at Goyfire. And and that'll do it for letters today. But you keep writing us at info at goyfire.com. We will be more regular in responding to them. In fact, I think we'll probably do it every show. uh, Because I know we have another. We still have more left in the mailbag, right, Stan? Oh, yeah. Okay. So info at goyfire.com. If you have a response to anything that you hear in the show or anything you'd like us to address or talk about your own personal area, we'll, we'll respond to it with substantive comments. That segregation is still widespread in U.S. cities. Surprise, surprise. This is out of Washington. The segregation of minority, it's a misnomer, group, is still widespread in the United States, despite the country's increasing multiracial population. Two studies said blacks and whites continue to live in separate neighborhoods of the U.S. cities, surprised with large black populations, said the Civil Rights Project, Harvard University's Research Center after analyzing census data gathered in 2000. Yeah, and, and you know, this is like liberal fundamentalism or Jewish fundamentalism. You know, they always mock the idiot Christian fundamentalist in a large measure, rightly so, but whence this, this view that whites and blacks should be integrated? That's, that's a moral view. That's a political opinion, and it's cast down as though it's some fucking law straight from uh, Yahweh. We should have to live. Whites show by their behavior. They're basically saying that normal white behavior is evil. That's what they're saying. If 85% of whites, when they move, move to a whiter area than the one they move from, they're saying that ordinary white behavior is evil and ought to be outlawed by the federal government, which ought to come in there and force them to live around the people that the Jews think they ought to live around. The same Jews who are building walls around Israel to protect it from people who aren't even genetically different from them, who are their very Semitic brothers, and calling us anti-Semites for demanding the same protection for ourselves. You know, so these Harvard moralizing fundamentalists are the ones who are destroying our nation. They want your kid going to school with niggers who are going to rape her in the stairwell and getting a substandard education when she's not being raped. They want your son beat up by gangs of niggers and Mexicans and, and, and stupidated, as Fred Reed says, in the classroom. That's the meaning of this study. It's all put in neutral language. And the, although it's, Where does this moral commandment come from? Who cares what Harvard thinks about where people live? You see, when you have freedom of association, as we had in the original Constitution, you can live where you want and do what you want. But when the Jews destroyed free association in the name of civil rights, you lost that. Now you have to live where the Jews says you want, says you're going to live. And, yeah, they haven't pushed that down to the ultimate. You can still move way out in the country, but sooner or later they're going to fill your area with minorities through subsidized housings, i.e., you pay out of your pocket to uh, make their moral dream become a reality. You pay for integration both ways, literally, physically, and metaphorically, through the noise and, and the, the crime and, the, and the, just the general degradation that occurs wherever coloreds are mixed in with whites. So who appointed Harvard Uni- University to enact its, its own 
peculiar and perverse moralizing as federal law is my question. The head of this Harvard University research team is one Gary Orfield. And in 1999, he wrote a book called The Jewish Basis for Social Justice in Religion, Race, and Justice in Changing America. He was the editor along with H.J. Leibovitz, 1999. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, been, he's the co-founder and director of the Civil Rights Project at Harvard, Orfield. Uh, he was... Uh, been called to give testimony that's often used in Supreme Court cases, as specifically the U.S. Department of Justice and many civil rights, legal services, and educational organizations. So this is the guy who goes in there for Harvard and the government to say, uh, in every case, why minorities are good and white people are bad is what it boils down to. Why their interests are to be uh, lo lo lofted up and, and yours are be to be cast down. Yeah. The and, certified and, expert, yeah. Let, let me say again, this is the type of guy who, when there's a real white movement in America, uh, his kind will be taken out. Uh, and right. and if, for I those like of you that. who listening, those of you listening who think that that sounds unreasonable or violent, consider that, as Aja said, there are 1.2 million crimes being committed by colors against whites each year. And guys like this, they seem like nice, respectable professorial types. They are the ones responsible for that because they prevent us from putting in place the laws to protect ourselves. He's part of the giant Jewish complex that, starting with Brown versus Board of Education, killed off the free association that allowed us to do the self-segregation without being browbeaten and moralized about it. We were able to keep the niggers out of our community, but because of Jews like this Gary Orfield, who at least, you know, and, and see, the Jewish basis for social justice. What, what the hell is social justice? That's just a pretty neutral term for the Jewish agenda. It's social justice when the, when the Jew gets a nigger on one side of you and a Mexican on the other. It's social justice when the nigger is in return for 400 years of slavery that Jewish comedians are always talking about. Gang rape and murder your daughter and your son. Chan and Christian. And he's talking Chris generations of whites this crap too. Just generations. You see, and the only reason they're able to get away with this is we allow them to live. That we aren't out there killing them. Because they are killing us. It's just not direct killing. Like, the niggers are doing the direct killing, but the Jews like Gary Orfield are indirectly killing us, and they fully intend that. And some commenter on here he says, this guy and his ilk never heard of self-segregation. That never occurs to them that people just might prefer to live. No, it does, it does not only does it occur to them, they know it. They don't like it. They say, my will, my Jewish Harvard will, ought to replace your ordinary white will. And how do they feel about ordinary whites? Well, turn on your TV and look. If you're living at rural in the sticks or whatever, if you're a normal white, you're a doof. You're a goofball. You're threatening to everybody. You have no right to decide how you live. The Jews have the right to decide that. They can decide how they're going to live. They can form their little eretzes in these cities where they are just as self-segregated as everyone else. They can build a wall around Israel, but you dare not protect yourself. Or you're going to be browbeaten in the media. It's evil and hateful. The same media that will not report on the gang rape and murder of Shannon Christian and Chris Newsom. Do you see how outrageous this is? This incredible double standard. So when we start killing punks like this, we'll start getting closer to being liberated. And that's yeah, what it will I take. I like to hear that. The, the, and you know that's true, Craig. You know that's true. I really but enjoy it. Th there's the, no the other thing but physical violence that will end this. Physical violence will end the Jewish threat to white communities. It's the only thing that will change it. They have complete Niggers control of the media. They're talking the talk, and so are whites. Pierce is yeah. building an alternative media. You know, that's groovy. But on the other hand, it's kind of jerking off. Because until you own until you own a TV station, you can broadcast what we're saying right now over the airwaves, i.e. never. Uh, nothing's going to change substantially. So 
without physical violence, there is no real way to get back at the Jews who are inflicting physical violence on us. In other words, it's not just an intellectual war. It's a direct physical war going on now, but our side's not fighting. The Arabs don't right? know how to get back at them right away. Right? When, when guys like this start being blown up, start being killed, then whites will be on the way to being liberated. Then the Jew won't speak so kikely out of both sides of his mouth about social justice and apartheid, right? Then, you know, then they'll start getting a little more afraid. I mean, look at what happened over in Russia where they got rid of so-called human rights and everything the Jew does to advance the Jew's interest is always neutral. He's always advancing social justice. He's working for civil rights. Well, when the shotgun blast came through the door, there was one less Jerenko. Yeah. Now, I'm not advocating so anything, but I'm saying that nothing will change until we see Jews putting their back foot out of fear of the physical consequences of the physical destruction of our neighborhoods that they've been ringing or that they've wrought on us the whole for decades now. You know that's true. You, you, that's exactly what's going on. They're force-feeding us into the, into the colored meat grinder. Because they don't like whites. That's what's at the bottom. There's social justice. They hate white people. They hate ordinary whites. And all TV reflects that. They're, they're consuming hatred for non-Jewish people, particularly Aryans, because we are a more beautiful people and we form more attractive societies. They can't do it. So they live among us. They get rich. And yet they still try to destroy us. Us who made their usury and the rest of their, their advantages possible. They still hate us. And what a smug look this guy has. Craig's dug up all the photos. Yeah, he, you know, they call the Christians fundamentalists, but they're fundamentalists. They have a religious view that they are more than willing to impose on others, right? You only hear that argument from one point of view. Fundamentalist Christians shouldn't try to impose their morality on others. Well, what the fuck? Their morality, Christian morality is just insane or else it's keeping you away from porno. The Jewish morality here is forcing you to live with people who rape and murder you. That's their moral fundamentalism. And, and speaking against it will go so far. It will only teach you to understand it, but direct physical reprisal is the only language that these people understand. They have at Congress absolutely locked down and controlled. They own all the major media. You're not going to get a word in edgewise. And they're trying to repeal even the one law remaining, the First Amendment, that allows us to even talk about this. Direct physical reprisal will liberate the white nation from the Jews. It's the only thing that will liberate it. Anyone who talks to you about nonviolence, nonviolence, we're going to win up by voting, they're, they're full of shit. When there the are violent reprisals, show, the, white nationalist movement, <laughs> the white nationalist movement will come of age when Jews start being killed for killing white Americans, no matter how indirectly it may be. And, of course, they always try to hide. Oh, you know, oh, we must get them. Who says race is after mix? That's Jewish morality for whites. We don't need Jews determining how we live and claiming that every normal thing that we do is abnormal and hateful and ought to be banned by the feds. Who the fuck are they to come in here and say that? We the fuck back to Israel, you piece of shit, Orfield? When we start killing them, that's when things will begin to change. That's when they'll take us seriously. They, you think they think we're haters? They're bullshit. They know we're just protecting ourselves. When they start dying, when they start waking up dead, when Jewish judges start getting killed during the night, that's when the decisions will start to go our way. Power comes out of the barrel of a gun. That's always been true. It will never change. Mao said it. It's true. You start taking out guys like this, then you'll start to get your way. You know, there's, there's no other way to, to describe it. It's exactly what's going on. And, and see, look, look here, we're not done with this yet. Now, 
This this clown Orfield has he has been called to give testimony in civil rights suit by the U.S. Department of Justice and many I, I civil can tell rights. You don't leave. like his smugness, do you, Alex? I don't like I don't like I this guy. He's a piece of I shit. I agree. I'd love to have to report that. <laughs> I'm he was sensing killed. that strongly here. I'd love to have to report that this guy was tortured during the night and killed and wound up dead, and all of a sudden, oh, we have to look elsewhere for the constitutional expert. <laughs> you know who who the fuck appointed this Jew to determine how ordinary whites live? Nobody. And that's all this is. The, the government is just a gang of goddamn Jews. And they've fully staffed through their control that Craig and I have documented of the law school. They have fully staffed the bureaucracies of the Department of Justice. They've brainwashed and conditioned the FBI that normal whites are haters. And they've got their people at all the different law schools around the country. And they appoint themselves. They mutually cross-network and appoint themselves to all these the commissions. 40% of the billionaires, please don't 40% of the billionaires are Jews, and they fund all these different things that appoint these private people. And these are the people exercising de facto political control. That means, in fact, they are the ones who factually control America. Until they are liberated from their lives, we will not be free. We will be increasingly forced in the hands of government, like I said in the TAA after Katrina, the hands, the Jewish, invisible Jewish hands of big government keep forcing us back together with the destructive element. It's like they're holding the white people down and immersing them in the filthy fecal pool of colored masses and drowning us. And guys like Orfield are directly responsible for Shannon Christian being murdered. Directly responsible for it. Until guys like this meet revolutionary justice, nothing will change. So I can yap all fucking day long, days. and it won't change a goddamn thing. It'll wake some people up. And right now, that's very important. But ultimately, we're going to have to need physical reprisals against the Jew. The Jew is responsible for the mass raping, murder, and terrorizing of white America through bullshit just like this. Join VNNForum.com and read up on this. Yet another... Uh, no, Craig, actually, this is the rare one you didn't start. It started by Ernst Blofeld. I didn't start it. I, I, I tried but to expand on him. If I find they, they've got a good you, topic. He had the you topic. Did. You I just looked up you, who was the study. Who, who did yeah, the study? Who's telling and, me? Oh, it's it's smirking, smug-ass Jew up at Harvard. Oh, he's going to moralize. He's a fundamentalist preacher, you see. He may be Jewish. He be, may be Northeastern. He may have a Ph.D., but he's still a fundamentalist preacher. too at Harvard. Yeah, yeah. You're not good, white guy. You're, you only have the right to exist if you're living with a nigger. Maybe you've adopted a Chinese, and maybe you allow a Mexican invader to live on the other side of you, and you don't like their music. Tough shit. You have no right to determine how you live. We Jews up at Harvard will determine that. Whites are only allowed to live under conditions dictated, circumstances set by Jews. Is that what you want? White American, you think you're going to get an answer from Newt goddamn obese fucking Jew tool Gingrich? No, we have the only way out from all this is getting rid of these goddamn kikes. Whether it's Orfield or Foxman or anyone else, direct physical reprisal will teach these fuckers a lesson. It's the only way to do it. And don't you ever be kidded, kidded by anything that I say. Yeah, we stay legal. We stay legal because we have the First Amendment. We keep talking. We use it to talk. But ultimately, it's going to take physical reprisal against the Jews who dictate to the rest of America, including the posterity that the founders set out to protect with their white Aryan constitution. That's the strain that we represent and carry on. We aren't taking shit from the Jews. We aren't a bunch of British John Kerr Derbyshires. We are the men who stand up and carry on the Aryan tradition of being free, rational, independent, allowing people to speak their mind and live the way they see fit, not the way some fucking Jew commie up at Harvard sees fit. And where does he, and, and Craig, someone, it's you or someone on here makes a great point, or Devere. Where do you live, Orfield? How much you want to bet this Jewish hypocritical fucker is just like the Clintons and lives in like a 99.8% white area? 
like they do. The people who advocate diversity never really seem to practice it themselves. Probably it's always diversity time. for you. I want to be vice-ridden in private while forcing you to be moral in public. You know, that, these guys are complete hypocrites. You know, Alex, you seem to be objecting to this statement of his that uh, he says that significant changes in federal and local policies are needed to reduce existing segregation, which is yeah. inconsistent with anti-discrimination legislation passed yeah. 30 years ago. Quote, there has never been more than a very small enforcement effort, however, Orfield said, adding that even with the additional efforts of private fair housing groups and lawyers for individual plaintiffs, discrimination is still widespread. And what is the guy, do not attempt to the form, says his kind will not rest until there is forced housing, good phrase, to go along with every other type of forced social policy in this country. You know, what, is, what does he mean? He means they're not happy with the private choices of ordinary white people. Therefore, they want to force even more integration than they already have on the books. It's just degree by degree by degree the Jew increases the boiling pressure on the frog or the temperature on the frog in the pan. They want to keep forcing you in, and there's many different ways they can do that. They can force the housing people to give blacks substandard, blacks who aren't creditworthy loans, so they can move next to you. They can get rid of the high-rises that, you, okay, they take white money and build high-rises, stick niggers in the Roach Motels. Well, those aren't working, so then some Jew-appointed judge uh, coming out of the Jewish legal system, the Jewish law schools, says, no, we're going to spread them out to middle-class community, and then they take even more money from you to have them live even closer to you. And no, there's not enough of this. We got Oh, there's all, number, all, all manner of things they can do to force these coons in among you. And that's what he's saying. We're not doing enough. We need to force these. We need to fuck up more white lives. And of Here's course, it's always put in the name of something positive or something neutral. But it isn't. It's directly aimed against whites. Jews hate whites. Jews aren't white. Jews hate whites. And that's what you got to understand. Listen to this. This is your vital, your, your, your lethal enemy. A 3,000-year ever-growing debt, says DeVere. That's what we owe him, a 3,000-year ever-growing debt. Yeah, we owe them. We're historically guilty. We must make amends for 400 years of slavery. It's debt complete talk, bullshit. Which is uh, the, the debt of justice. So the reality is about 50 years of serious slavery, and then the only people in history to be anti-slavery and actually create a movement against it. Slavery is still practiced in Africa. It's still practiced in Araby. It's still practiced in Israel on white people. But that's never talked about at Harvard. You've you got to understand, Jews somewhat look like us, but they ain't us. They hate us. They're bent on destroying us. And, you know, you see these smug fuckers. And Craig's, again, done great work digging up four pictures of this clown Gary Orfield. Again, all these guys are paying out of your and my pocket, whether they're going over to lecture in Israel like the guy at Purdue on foreign policy, or whether they're going around the country these civil rights groups to lecture on domestic policy. And you are the not only paying for that, you're the victim of it. We're paying our parasites to destroy us. Orfield is a goddamn parasite. He may look like a human, but he is a parasite on the white community. Whites built Harvard. White Christians are the type he hates built the place that employs him. White created the Waldo government Emerson? that subsidizes him. Outrageous. Yeah, what, we need what a community would completely say? separate from these people. 
I don't know what they'd say, but they they were not into forcing people to to live where where they didn't want to live or among who they didn't want to live. You know, if people self segregate, maybe there's a fucking reason, and that's essential conservatism, right? There's the difference right there. Uh, even if we if we took what Jews say at face value rather than as a, a desire to pursue, let's say they were honestly wrong rather than secretly seeking their ethnic self interest. And there's the conservative versus the Judeo-radical way of looking at it. The Judeo-radical wants to destroy things without asking why. He just thinks they ought to be the way he, he, he wants them to be in his mind. The conservative says, well, okay, people are self-segregating. Why is that? Before I try to change it, why don't I think about why it is that way? When you say, why, it is, why is it that way? You say, well, there are different kinds of people. They look different. They think differently. They behave differently. They feel more comfortable around their own, and they can make more progress that way, and more enjoyably. And that's an important consideration. He goes, "Well, you know, there's good reasons for segregation. It's it's and it's what free men produce when they're when they're left free to their own devices. I think maybe we ought to not merely leave it alone, but but help it legally, protect that right to do what they want, and that just makes for more comedy and just overall better relations." And the Jew goes, "No." People should have to live together. We we have to get rid of all races, and so that all all the goyim come under the the king of the Jews, and all their goods return to Israel. And that's what it says in the Talmud, the Jewish religious book. And so they don't care what the costs are of their morality being imposed on us forcibly. That means at gunpoint, they stick guns in our face and tell us to mix with niggers. It destroys our young generation. It destroys their minds in public school. It destroys their morals on TV. It physically destroys them in the streets like Shannon Christian and Chris Newsom being raped and murdered and tortured by a gang of loose niggers, loosed by Jews. They don't care about any of that. That's good. They cover up the results of this integration and demand more. They want to see more white girls turn into Shannon Christian with their breasts cut off. They want to see more white boys turn into Chris Newsom with his penis cut off, chemicals dumped on him, tortured, burned, cut up, thrown in bags, dumped along the railroad track. They want more of that. Gary Arfield, this nice, grinning, smug, white prop up at Harvard, he wants to carry out his morality on your kid's corpse. He wants to go there and piss on the charred remains of your tortured, sodomized, murdered son. That's the kind of motherfucking kike he is. Until we start killing guys like this, nothing will change. No matter what Linder says, that's the bottom line. Until we start killing guys like this, nothing will change. Does he deserve to be killed? Well, if you, if you read any fucking stories we dredge up, what do you think? He's the one creating the circumstances that allow the niggers and the Mexicans to run wild and rape, murder, and pillage on your people, your family, your neighborhood, your community, your state, and your nation. We're going down the shithole because of these Jews like Orfield. Emerson, I think, asked Thoreau what he was doing in jail, and Thoreau said, what are you doing out of jail, Ralph, or something like that. And we could kind of uh, liken that to, to the Russians who are shooting through the doors, shooting these kind of people, and saying, uh, why don't we have a hot gun in our hands the way the Russians do? Even the Israelis know to kill their own enemies. That's something how, how did the Craig, how did the Jews liberate Palestine from the British? That's right. It was all terrible. What, what did they do? Oh, they they they, they bombed, they uh, machine gunned, uh, they they threw hand grenades, and that's how they did it. And that's and the tortured that, British. Now, little slick Nicky Griffin won't tell you that anymore because he's done signed up with the kikes. But they tortured British army officers, and they they hung them from poles, and and they set booby traps on their corpses, and they blew up the King David Hotel, and they initiated, they created the idea of car bombs and of letter bombs, and they yeah. created the they didn't create the idea, but they perfected the the false flag. 
such as the World Trade Center demolition. They blame everything they do, they blame on others. They, walk they try to force others to live the way they want them to. Well, the fucking Jew is the global pest. Yeah. The global pest needs to be fumigated once and truly and for all. Not swept out of a country, because then somebody else will just have to deal with the sorry fuckers. But absolutely exterminated for all times. That's the, We're not going to make the Hitler mistake again. The Hitler mistake was he tightened the laws and he encouraged the Jews to emigrate, working with the, uh, with the Zionists, which is the part that lying David Horowitz, the Comic-Con, won't tell you. He, uh, he, he allowed them to escape, essentially. When, what he should have done is what they claim he did, which is kill him. It's just like this guy grabs Weasel. Well, what's the point? They treat it like it was a goddamn attempted murder because he supposedly touched the guy's arm. They don't tell you about Forsan being beaten within an inch of his life over in, in France for telling you the truth about the Holocaust. They, they cover that up. They don't show you pictures of his bloody eyes and his fucked up head. After he was beaten by a gang of Jews, you know, no, they reserved the violent assault language for a white guy touching a kike on the arm, a, one of the greatest kike scamsters in the history of the world. You know, they don't they don't tell you the truth about anything. You're only going to get that here from us. Yeah, well, we have here a story from Iraq, and this is a uh, it's a small but interesting story of an Israeli officer selling weapons to terrorists in Iraq. Shmoli Aviv and Avivi five fifty. Avivi, okay. An Israeli retired officer had established a firm in Iraq two years ago which secretly yeah. sold arms to terrorist groups in Iraq, Mariv reported. Amnesty International reported that Avivi was one of the biggest weapons dealers in the Middle East. Iraqi sources earlier announced the terrorist attacks in Iraq were backed by the intelligence or intelligence agencies of CIA and Mossad and the secret agents of the Iraqi former Where did regime. You apply for a permit to let the military let you into Iraq to do that. I might like to apply for that permit. Yeah. Earlier Iraqi Parliament Security Commissioner Chairman Hadi Amari had accused the occupying soldiers of secretly directing the terrorist attacks and forming terror squads in Iraq. Well, there has been all types. Of, they call it sectarian violence. Yeah, and sect. You know, there's killings. a guy who's pretty not really very honest, but pretty sophisticated. Is the uh, guy and maybe Jew, the skunk who runs Judicial Inc., which you can find links to in the forum. And he really goes into that. And he's always claiming that that's the work of uh, Jews and various Jew Mossad operations because of the sophistication of some of it. And uh, it's it's quite plausible when you see stuff like this. And and you have to always be suspicious when you hear some Jew ac accused of being uh, innocent. <laughs> or a claim to be innocent. I remember remember the Nick Berg thing? You see, what? Well, you know, he's over there, he's trying to set up telecom. Yeah, sh yeah sure he is. Until, right. you believe, until you hear otherwise, I would be very suspicious of anything that claims a Jew is involved in innocent activity. Alex, he, he was a humanitarian. A he wanted that everybody had a mobile phone <laughs> and was, uh, was uh, being able to reach able out to and touch people. How can you have a democracy without being able to talk and communicate amongst yourselves? Just over there to facilitate phone lines. Yeah, who knows? Shmuel Avivi. Keep, keep alert for that. Have you seen that name before? You ever heard that before? You heard us talk about it on Goyfar? Shmuel Avivi. Anything else about him? Except it, Jews and Israelis fucking things up is old news, or, or old news to those of us listening to Goyfar. But uh, it, it, you know, how do we, and think about this, how do you know what's actually going on in Iraq? Who are your eyes and ears over there? You know, there are a bunch of Jew-owned communications firms. 
you know, you giant global conglomerate news news sources. How do you know what's actually going on in the street level? Israeli officer to one of the wealthiest arms dealers in the Middle East. You know, if you're one of the wealthiest arms dealers in the Middle East, you're worth at least a few hundred million dollars, I would guess, minimum. Yeah. Air minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did hear last week that uh, ex- high uh, explosives detonated some pilgrim caravan in Iraq, and of course it was, I think it was Shiites that, uh, 90 of them, that lost their lives there, and of course it was attributed to the Sunnis, uh, which again, uh, the country is is heading to civil war, uh, but where these uh, so-called terrorists got that type of explosives that could blow 90 people uh, up, Paul Craig Roberts, in his essay this week, pointed out that the Bush administration would have white Americans believe that the majority Shiites who run Iran and control that country, that's a Shiite country, are funding the enemies of their Shiite brethren in Iraq, that is, by funding the Sunnis and giving them all kinds of arms and uh, uh, surface-to-air missiles to hit helicopters and everything else. So, in other words, they, the Bush administration would have us believe that the Shiites are funding their own enemies. Yeah, and, and that kind of an argument only works with people who have been completely dumbed down and lied to for decades. <laughs> so it works perfectly with Americans. Right. So they hate us for our freedom. They're, killing, they're arming their enemies. They're, uh, uh, why not? <laughs> no, they're just idiots. Americans. You know, it's almost as if the new morality is just, okay, tell me what to think. That's yeah, oh, very right. much so. Very that's much so. right. And uh, anything against that, that's wrong. Give me a Steven Spielberg movie. Teach me. Where's our Spielberg story? Yeah, this is now. But anyway, this is an interesting story. And you got this story out of, what, what, what is the source here? IRT? Is this some kind of Israeli television? IRT. Uh, I'm sure, the, the, this, uh, this source. IRT, Middle East. This, this may be a Middle Eastern source, but they've, they've quoted Amnesty International, you see. Well, and they're they're relying on a Ma'ariv story. Ma'ariv, like Haaretz, is uh, uh, I think those are the top two Israeli. Uh, <clears throat> well, maybe the Jerusalem Post, but top couple of sources in Israel, top couple of dailies. So you'll often find stuff. You if you want to learn what's actually going on, a lot of times if you read the Jews for Jews media, whether in Israel or whether in the U.S., like the Forward, you'll get a much more realistic and adult-written uh, version. I mean, adult. I've often said, you know. In the Jews for Jews publications, they use actual paragraphs. In the Jews for Goyim publications, they use sentences as paragraphs. Like USA Today, I mean, you'll rarely find something with more than like two sentences in every paragraph because people are so fucking stupid. They don't have the patience or the understanding. They, they need a graph, you know, uh, and they need one-sentence paragraphs. It's just news USA written for adult kindergartners. Their, their little column. What happened today in the 50 states? You've seen that, haven't you? Yeah, I've the seen that. Today has. Yeah, about and 20, that, that's... 25 uh, words for every state. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, being an adult, sometimes things take a little longer to explain, and you get that in the Jewish paper far more than you do in the, in the Goyish media. So, and anyway, the point is there's a lot of crap going on in Iraq, and a hell of a lot of it is done by Jews, but is, is attributed to other people. It's like a daily false flag, <laughs> kind of. And and judicial links is a good source for 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 learning how to think about that sort of thing. I wouldn't say it's a good source for specific facts because the guy is is pretty. Uh, he doesn't seem to really care about facts and the nickel and dime level, as H. S. Thompson said it. But 
on the dollar level, boy, he teaches you how to think about things and what to look for. And he's he's got, I don't know where he gets his photos because I don't think he gets them from Google Images, but uh, he has a great source of photos, and he has a, he has a pretty much of a unique way of laying things out, so that you really it's it's taught me. I mean, how to how to like go about conceiving of the, the forces at work and how they interrelate. Right. The basic premise is you're being lied to, so more or less expect the opposite of what you're being told. He seems to have a very good read of how they, yeah, how the Mossad thinks about things. Oh, it's it's a very good site. It's just that he a lot of what he says is facts aren't facts, and and he may be a Jew doing himself, but that doesn't change that it's a good site. Welder and Jew Watch does the same thing. I I saw him list billionaire after billionaire who wasn't a Jew. Well, Weldner's got his own problems. And yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it, if you're we when we call at least I always advise if you're going to call someone a Jew, they better be damn well be a Jew. I don't call people Jews who aren't Jews. I do not use it as a general epithet, even for whites who are spiritually like Jews. I would not call them a Jew. You know, people correctly emphasize that Jew is not just a biological thing. It's kind of a it's way of looking at the wave and saying, "Hey, bud, let's party," except not in a good way like Spicoli's. But it, it, it's it's in a bad way. It's like how how can I look at this situation and fuck it up to my own profit? To Jew it. If you think like yeah, how can I Jew it? I mean, the one rhetorical mistake the Jews made is is going by a one syllable cheap mincy little word like Jew, because it just <laughs> like when I called Alberstam a Jew, man, goddamn, he turned cerise. That means cherry red for you highly educated fuckers. <laughs> He really did, though. It wasn't beet red. It was fucking cerise. And it, it, uh, <coughs> they don't like being called Jews, so it's important to call them Jews 10 or 12 times every time you talk to them. You, you, you're a Jew, right? Like, like Thomas Jefferson and the founders were not Jews, <laughs> but like you are, you're like that, but kind of like the opposite. Like you're, you, you are a Jew. They, they, they weren't Jews, and they were concerned about their posterity, but like, like you're a Jew, and you, you're not them, and you don't care about their posterity. And just go on and on and draw, you know, you're a Jew, you have Jew interests. We're white, we have white interests. You know, twain shall never meet, they're two totally different things, totally different psychologies, totally different histories, got nothing in common, don't want nothing to do with the other. Yeah, that's how it is. And you, you have to make these differences and make it stand up. You can dominate these people. They're weak no. people, but through networking they've grown strong. Through networking and their hatred of all other people they've grown strong. There's more of us than there are of them, and we can destroy them, and we should destroy them simply for our own protection, because they're sure as hell trying to destroy us, whether it's you know arming the different sides in Iraq and profiteering politically and financially, or whether it's, it's sticking in colors into your neighborhood and getting your daughter and son raped and killed, and then browbeating you and demanding even more taxes for even more of that, quote, integration the next year. They won't go away. They're just going to get worse. We have to make them go away. And that's what this show is all about. Yeah, well, speaking of one prominent Jew, we have here Steven Spielberg. Spokesman Maureen Levy said the director's staff contacted the FBI several weeks ago after seeing a bulletin from the agency's art crime team seeking clues about the theft of the Russian schoolroom oil painting. The second anybody said, I think we have that painting, our office got a hold of the FBI. Levy said. Second, Marv said, the second. 
Yeah, it's now, a who, very carefully worded statement. The second anybody said, not somebody, because then that somebody would have a name. Only you and Alex and uh, Sarah Silverman and, uh, you know, a few Jewesses on TV. Hey, the FBI agent here says he's an absolutely unknowing victim in this, Clarko said of the Spielberg. Now, where else is the FBI makes any kind of statement about whether or not someone's a victim in the, in the middle of a, an investigation. They would never say something like that. Get this. The painting's now worth between 700000 and a million dollars. And they tell... That's an actual quote. They tell the Spielberg to hold on to it. What the fuck? Hold on to it? A million-dollar painting? They, they, they don't take it and put it in a vault somewhere until they find the proper owner? They don't have the facility? Do you believe that? And... I want you white people to listen to this to see how it, how whites are treated versus Jews. Now, remember in the Duke rape hoax where the, the niggeress with multiple men's sperms crawling around in her pubes accused the, the innocent Duke people of raping her. You had the, the gutless white prosecutor Nifong out there more or less accusing them, forcing all 47 white people on the team and, and leaving the one black off to submit to DNA testing, even though there was <laughs> there was no probable cause for any of that and more or less declaring them guilty out of the box. Now, here's an FBI guy, middle of an investigation, making some declaration uh, the absolute opposite of Nifel. He's an absolutely un... How the fuck does he know he's an absolutely unknowing victim? You know, always the Jew is always a victim. The Jew is never portrayed as a perpetrator. But guys like Orfield are perpetrating uh, injustice against whites. And, and how does he know that Spielberg's a victim? I've never seen the FBI say something like that. He's an absolutely unknowing victim. And, and letting him keep the painting in question when they know it's stolen. Yeah, he advised him to hold on to it, quote, it's safe there, the agent said. Safe there. Hmm. Spielberg bought the painting from an art dealer in 1989 for an undisclosed sum. Well, how does he know that Spielberg knows nothing about its, its uh, origin, its provenance? I think is the right word. If you go out and buy an 80,000 Mercedes for somebody for uh, $15,000 and the, and the FBI comes and says it's a stolen interstate car, are they going to just tell you, just hold on to it right there? <laughs> Listen to this clown. Yeah. Listen to this clown Clarko with the FBI. We were basically just about to figure it out when the Spielberg people made the connection. Yeah. yeah That's that a classic. Likely. That's a classic. <laughs> Guys, Let's... if you don't come clean about this in the paper tomorrow, we're going to accuse you of theft. Spielberg is on the uh, board of directors of this museum in Massachusetts where they erected the building for Rockwell. He's one of the preeminent Rockwell uh, experts in the United States of America. And uh, he also, just to let you know, uh, Charlton Heston, when he was the head of the NRA, said that Spielberg has probably uh, one of, if not the best, gun collection in the entire United States. Uh, that's Spielberg specific. does? I don't. I find it absolutely bizarre that a Jew like Spielberg would uh, collect Norman Rockwell of all people, who is the type that Jews tend to look down on because of the subject matter is is Americana, normal white America before it was Jude. That's probably it, it almost to me is like a nigger collecting nigglets made out of a bisque or, or little collectibles. He's only niggers eating watermelons on sitting in outhouses. Well, this was uh, you know it was on magazine all his paintings on the cover of Look or Life I guess it was I remember in the 60s early mid 60s he was all over the place but I'm sure they know his paintings and further you when you own these kind of paintings you have to get them appraised by an insurance expert right away I mean these things are insured to the max every which way 16 ways to Sunday so so 
interesting that this one was obviously not insured, wasn't it? Hmm. Well, and that would uh, revere prior knowledge, wouldn't it? But the FBI is just just hold on to it, Steve. I saw I saw Schindler's List. Just hold on to it. Well, now what is what exactly is this painting? <laughs> well, see, now that's another interesting. That's an interesting aspect here because it's the painting depicts school children in a classroom looking at a bust of the Soviet leader Vladimir Lenin, and it was stolen right there in Missouri, uh, Alex, in 1973, I think July. And who owned it at that point? But he had bought, just bought it for twenty-five thousand dollars, and they allowed it to remain in this small little museum on uh, somewhere in the suburbs, Clayton, Missouri, outside St. Louis, uh-huh. and. Uh, someone broke, I believe it was a glass door or a, a window, and, and snatched it in the night. Then it was resold in New York City in 88 or 89 by some catalog, and they traced it. And again, what you two are just laughing about, there's this, this confluence of discovery, whereby the very second Marvin staff realized that they got on the phone, and it was just about at the time that FBI's fist was about to hit the front door. I <laughs> yeah, wonder who tipped them off. Hmm. Yeah. So the kike is made to look like some kind of a hero. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I just can't believe that someone like Spielberg would be interested in Norman Rockwell. That was the last thing I would have thought. Well, he's not just a hero, Alex. He's the unknowing victim. Yeah. Well, look, Rockwell's absolutely so, unknowing. He's a victim of this crime. Throwing the adverb in there, a- absolutely unknowing. And how, the, how the fuck can the FBI agent even know that, let alone why would he say it even if he thought it? You just say something like, we don't have any reason to believe that there was any criminal... Activity in the part of a, you know, who, who Spielberg. This authority to hold on to uh, stolen property, just like who who gave uh, the, the the Jew in the New York City the authority to pull the building. What? The, where does all this authority stem from, anyway? Just hold on to that million dollar painting. You're a good guy. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I, yeah. Is there any saying about there? Oh, is the guy that it was stolen from still alive? Well, they uh, they have to check the provenance now. They don't know because the the museum reimbursed the uh, owner for twenty five thousand, and the museum is defunct now. They'll figure it out. But no matter who owns it, it should be held in the federal authorities. Uh, this is yeah, only for Jews. Yeah, and of course, this is in his private collection. So uh, if you're an art connoisseur who has a who is respects that- Rockville, guess what? You're not going to be seeing this painting. Yeah. Uh, one of us- Complexes. Yeah, you try to go up and knock on the door there and see how how far you get. But this is, of course, you know, he's a, he's an American painter. He's uh, he painted Americana, but they got to him a little at the end of his career. He started painting civil rights type crap to appease the Jews uh, in his typical way. But that's not the work he's known for. He's known for depicting white life in rural towns, small towns, before before America was Jude. That's why I really find it very odd that someone like Spielberg would be interested in what he did, other than in a mocking, ironic Jewish way. Yeah, well, this painting is propaganda. Uh, the the children, which I guess he used American models and the schoolroom setting, are staring at a bust of Lenin in a reverent way. Yeah. So there is that perverse Jewy aspect to it. Well... Yeah, no, I didn't know he painted something like that. I've never seen, uh, I mean, you think of it like his Thanksgiving one he did with the big turkey and, and like a cop and a little kid sitting at a at a soda counter and uh, stuff like that. But he also did do a few civil rights ones, but I didn't know he did any like Russian uh, 
public, they were laughing about this one. Those guys over there could figure this out. Sure, it, it's. I don't see any details on who stole it or, or anything like that. Maybe they just don't know. Or maybe they're not saying. But I got to. I, I got to admit, I'm gobsmacked, as some British were said to say, that that Spielberg would have a Rockwell collection. That's the last thing in the world I would think. I think he'd more likely had a Lincoln Rockwell connection. Probably. <laughs> we're on to our next story out of the Quad. This is uh, TNB. Titled, Nigger Robs White Girl of Her Chance to Go to Africa and Fight Monkey Let's AIDS. Uh, this is uh, the story of Laura Dickinson studying to be a dietitian and nutritionist who talked of joining the Peace Corps to help children in Africa dealing with AIDS. She, she was a member of the Eastern Michigan rowing team. Orange Amir Taylor III, 20 of Southfield, was arrested Friday, 10 weeks after the body of Laura Dickinson was found December 15th, right before Christmas, in a room in Hill Hall. She had been dead two or three days. Taylor, who did not live on campus, was arranged Saturday on charges of open murder, two counts of first-degree criminal sexual conduct, one count of first-degree home invasion and larceny. He was being held at the Washtingnow County Jail with a preliminary hearing scheduled for March 6th. From the time this young girl was found, they misled her family. They implied that uh, there was not necessarily foul play, and uh, her father actually thought that she'd had some sort of heart seizure or something along those lines. And oddly enough, even when he found out the nigger killer, he said that uh, he really couldn't focus on the guy. He was kind of neutral about some coffee shop, I think, in another city. And this, his daughter had sometimes worked there. But they uh, it's just come out this past week. Finally, the police coughed up how they found her. They found her on the floor in a sexual pose with no clothes on from her waist down, no underwear in the room, and her car keys missing. And uh, she was literally posed or, or in a, uh, I guess, rigor mortis freeze of, of, of having been sexually assaulted. So the, they knew all of this at the campus of this East Michigan University, I guess it is. And as a result of this, uh, just lately, the past couple, three days, they fired the, uh, a, a longtime administrator within the uh, university who'd told these lies along with the medical examiner of, of the area, he'd also misrepresented. And there's something called the Cleary Act, C-L-E-R-Y, uh, passed in 1990. It's a federal law. It's called the Crime Awareness and Campus Security Act of 1990. And that requires colleges and universities to disclose information about crime in and around their campuses. So the long and the short is they were trying to hide that your white kids aren't safe in that university in Michigan, your girls, and so to do that, they pulled out all the stops and lied and misrepresented it until, uh, to the point of even implying that no murder had occurred. So now, uh, the yeah, died under mysterious circumstances. How convenient that would have been. Just a heart failure. Why? And what is this about people wanting to go to Africa and help kids with AIDS? I mean, are some of you people are not fucking capable of thinking your way in a full circle. You know, uh, you help them. What happens? They grow up and reproduce more of their 60 IQ kind. They catch AIDS, get edema, whatever, they die. Or they kill whites. You can't help certain people. There's nothing you can really do. 
help them grow up so they can commit more of the same kind of murder against you. Bizarre. Well, again, this white girl grew up in uh, uh, Sambo infested Michigan. So she was. She probably got a lifetime of this from her society, her her family. Uh, the, she gets the Amy Beale Award for naivety, but I gotta blame the the white men for not controlling their country and not getting rid of these assholes who uh, think this stuff. Been dead two or three days. My gosh! By that time, her corpse. I, I believe I did did read one article that they began. It was an odor from the room. The father's comment is unbelievable. I still can't comment on my feelings towards him. He said I'm still kind of neutral on that. Man, those are the those are the words of a race that is bent on its own extinction, for whatever the cause. I mean, you know, I don't care about people who kill me or whatever. Got to have that taste for revenge, the thirst for justice. White man, is that been totally bred out of you by Christianity? Turn the other cheek. Niggers don't turn the other cheek. Mexicans don't turn the other cheek. Jews don't turn the other cheek. Only sucker use turn the other cheek. And you can see in this thread, Rounder's pretty uh, worked up about this and. Uh... He really didn't like that father's response. And this is a very beautiful young woman she was. You could and you, you have to teach your daughter the truth about niggers, that there's no way to cure them or to save them. They are what they are. You know, you can't no more turn a beach ball into a football than you can turn a nigger into a human being. And they are particularly susceptible to this ideology that, that we're all equal because that's A, that's all they ever hear. B, they're not really built for hardcore political thinking and, and ex in extreme logic or masculine logic. So there, it comes to them as some sort of mothering thing that they're going to raise these kids and help them. And they're going to heal uh, out of the natural noble impulse to solve problems and heal problems can come the most disastrous of results. Uh, Self-delusion about what's physically, chemically, genetically possible. And, and, and they, they're having their natural good impulses mischanneled by the Jewish media and the Jewish academic system into they're caring good. for people who do nothing but murder them. Their maternal instincts for their own eggs and their own family. and uh, They're perverted. They're turned out of normal channels into abnormal channels that destroy not only themselves, but the future of their children that they'll never have. They get killed by the same people they're trying to save. It's the Amy Beale syndrome. If you don't know who Amy Beale is, B-I-E-H-L, look it up. Another liberal sucker who met death in Africa trying to save the nigger. Don't worry about saving the nigger. Worry about saving yourself. Save yourself by understanding reality and... Uh, complying with its dictates. Yeah, and, and I'd add to that, manipulate it. only your kind and your living space are worthy of being saved, and the rest can get the hell out. That's that's just the law of nature. I forgot to paint the whole picture of how they found her, I guess, in a sexual pose, on her back, nude from the waist down, and a pillow over her head. In, in all of this, and they would not tell the truth that this young woman was murdered. This is how bad the... Uh, Sickness, which is abroad in the United States, is the medical uh, examiner, who's a physician, would not tell the university would not tell the truth. Final injustice that this this woman had to suffer. Her yeah, the, these absolutely useless nigger scums are just given every protection and extenuation for their activity. I talked about the Duke attack on on the well, we talked about the Duke rape off campus where a nigger raped a white. Talked about the Duke uh, rape hoax where. The nigger claimed that whites raped her and was lying. That went on for a year, and they fucked with those guys' lives. And then the assault on court where a nigger player for Duke attacked a, a North Carolina white kid and, and broke his nose, smashed him with his forearm, and, and the announcer on TV was, oh, he didn't mean to do that, he didn't mean to do that, he didn't mean to do that, when he obviously did mean to do it. 
And this is the every official vector in society covers up for niggers and extenuates everything they do. And whites are denied any kind of right and told just to be passive about it. Well, we're not being passive about it. You shouldn't be listening to this. Be passive either. This is your future that's in question here. It's a mistake. There's a necrophiliac because quite clearly he was killing and raping her at the end, and she expired, and he continued to rape her. It's, I mean, does it take a genius to figure that out, people? This kind of crime, again, goes on all the time, and there's not a word of it in the national media where, you know, supposedly all these TV personalities are fighting for market share and anything that will get them a tenth of a point higher than their competitor, by God, they'll do it, except report on the most dramatic crimes of our times. Wow. Giant companies pursuing profit cannot explain what you see on the TV screen. No matter how many so, liars like Mark Crispin Miller tell you, it can. Six, Political six, agendas at work. Sparkling niggers. Yeah, they're loving that game. That's right. We're loving it. We're loving McDonald's. We're loving the NBA. We're loving the whole mess. We're loving uh, this, this girl's corpse. Yeah. yeah, American culture comes from TV, and it's basically aimed at retards. Ooh, watch the niggers playing hoops. Watch the niggers playing football. But don't talk about the crimes niggers are committing. Just interview the Harvard professor about how we need to force more integration on whites. Because they aren't getting know. murdered and raped enough. They're not getting their fair share of abuse yet. Because after all, niggers endured 400 years of slavery. How about watch the idiotic niggers gesture and, and sing nonsensical lyrics that they call rap? Well, uh, Alex often talks about Jewish pornography driving this interracial murder. Uh, it's also uh, hip-hop lyrics, in my opinion. Hip-hop musics and lyrics, they all no think doubt. bad. And that if they don't go out and kill somebody, they're not bad. It all fits together, doesn't it? And it's just like we played on Free Talk Live, a White Man for Whiteland, our new Wednesday show, Free Talk Live, played an extended clip from Chris Rock in which he differentiates between blacks and niggers, and it's very funny. And that's uh, and and he and part of his little shtick is uh, you know, you get more respect in the ghetto if you've gone to jail than if you have a a master's degree or a degree from high school. Let's not kid ourselves here. <laughs> And he's, you know, you're bad if you've been to jail. So crime is looked at as a positive in the black community. Money, however you get it, is a positive. And all this stuff, the stuff, the gangster lyrics, the gangster rap, the ordinary hip-hop, and the uh, the gang-rape porn uh, that the Jews see is, is a main fetish in the pornography on online, they all play together. And they definitely exacerbate crimes like these committed against whites. Niggers would always do them anyway, but they, they do them more and worse because of all this stuff, and the Jews intend that. Ah, we got one more marginal white woman out of the way. You affect change at the margins, the mass of people over time, you know, degree by degree, they make it worse and worse and worse. Zimbabwe, South Africa, Britain, the U.S. You know, degree by degree, you, you fall off the escalator. And, yeah, and that's, that's absolutely what's there. going on. I just want to mention his name because uh, he, he acted with so little bit of uh, dignity and, uh, and Bader, as in Ruth Bader Ginsburg, whatever that's worth, Bader J. Casson, medical doctor. And well, we have another TNB out of Kansas City. This is the case of a man <laughs> gets six-year term after he's convicted of shoving a cell phone down a woman's throat. That would be a Negro shoving a cell phone down a white woman's throat. The courtroom had empty news cameras had vanished, but Marion 
Brandon Gill remained steadfast in his claim that he hadn't shoved a cell thrown down his girlfriend's throat. So, uh, it comes out, medical testimony said that Abel nearly died from a blocked airway before a doctor used a tool to remove the phone. It became lodged in the back of Abel's throat in December 2005. Abel testified that she couldn't remember how the phone ended up there. Gil said that Abel had put the phone in her mouth. She's blacked out. (laughs) Jack? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't get oxygen to the brain, honey. You don't remember. Isn't that a story? I mean, look at that story. I wonder what put a put down there and just pulled or what. So that's what you get. You know, you get a cool, you get a cool cell phone. You get a cool black boyfriend, and next thing you know, the two have become one. You know, he's jammed the fucking cell phone down your throat, and you're strangling to death. And look, and I tell you, look on you guys, and look at this guy, little mousy. Looks like half a Jew or something. He's not sand flea looking nigger. Yeah, looks like yeah. some desert in Somalia with that blanket wrapped. And look at this woman. She's a handsome woman. From this photo, you can't. She's probably that. fat if you see more of her. But uh, yeah. yeah, not bad looking face. But uh, yeah, I see. I see a fair amount of this, especially late at night. You'll often see like white college girls, a couple of them driving around with the nigger in the back seat. For some reason, you see that a lot uh, of the TSU students. Not a lot, but you see it more than occasionally and I don't know what they're doing but you know they're having fun with their little pets and they're saving them or whatever or the niggers don't have cars or I don't know what the deal is but you're taking your life in your hands when you do that because they may chimp out at any moment no matter how much of a scholar they are well this one got <laughs> six years and they're going to appeal right away his lawyer says and yeah and how much of that would he serve even if he got it all on a positive note we have a uh, white nationalist anthem slash song that has become very popular in South Africa among the the whites living there. Uh, the song is called Delary, spelled D-E-L-A-R-E-Y. You can search for it on YouTube and uh, get that link and listen to the song. It's uh, apparently about the Boers fighting off the yoke of Briti- British oppression and uh, and how did the British oppress the Boers well they stuck them in concentration camps well they, they uh, invented concentration camps didn't they the yeah, British. They, yeah yeah they stuck the women and children there and killed the hell of a lot of them off they were very fair the British yeah they basically took uh, the women and children of the fighting people. men hostage and when the men still refused to relinquish their political freedom or their right to to govern themselves, uh, they let the children starve to death. Yeah, though that's the British who did that. Very fair people. They so say. this is this is basically <laughs> a song uh, celebrating the Boers' true spirit, uh, willingness to fight for their freedom. And what's the Boer trek ages? Uh, the Boer Trek uh, was a, a trek, you know, or a, uh, I guess, a hike across the land or into the country to get away from the British in South yeah, Africa. Yeah, but, but then the British came after them once they discovered gold and, and uh, continued to fuck them up. And the British were really under control of the Jews a lot in the, in the, in the diamond mines and the beers and, and 
they directly instigated all these wars, just as they instigated the ending of apartheid that was set up to protect whites from these, these fucking walking apes that were attracted one only functioning society on the damn continent. I thought you were referring to those uh, whites in uh, Kenya who fled down there and went on foot as a matter of... Uh... No, the, the Vortrek was the... Oh, God, I don't remember where it originated, but it was the basically the Boers, the Dutch-French-German-descended people um, who were the big the main group that founded South Africa. They, they left an area that came to be dominated by Anglo-Jewish concerns to, to get their own freedom back, and they, they went out in the middle of nowhere, but then I think they discovered gold or diamonds or whatever where they relocated, which, of course, was a great big patch of nothing. And, uh, and yet again, being Germanic types, they quickly turned it into something desirable and attracted niggers and, and Jews. And, and in turn, it and led to the same thing more or less happening all over again. But now the, the British Anglo-whites are in the same boat as the Boers. And see, what, what's happened is the ANC are basically a bunch of partying communists who are taking white man's money and setting up affirmative action and giving the, their 70 IQ brethren a license to rape and murder and pillage all the whites now that they've taken control, Slightly aided by the Jewish press. And the whites are going under, frankly, and they're, they're trying to kill off Boer, the Afrikaans, the language spoken by the Boers, Descendants. They want to make English the only language that they all speak, along with their tribal tongues, and, and just stamp out the Boers. And they claim that all blacks have a right to an education, that education must be in English if they want it, and that way destroy Boer private schools. So there's a real war on the Boer culture. The CIA fact book online says South Africa AIDS rate is 21.5%. <laughs> That's one in every, more than one in every five wow. people HIV AIDS. Yeah, so it's pretty much open season on whites there is what's going on now, and the Anglo whites are suffering right alongside the Boers that they themselves caused to suffer in the past, back in the Anglo-Boer War of uh, the 1890s. The Boers did a good job fighting them off, but they didn't win. They lost, and uh, Anglo-Jewish concerns dominated the country from that point. But still, you know, the, the guts of them are, are Boer and their leaders. Henrik Forward was the guy who set up the apartheid to protect the whites. you got to understand, when the whites went there, there were only a few Hottentots strolling about, flipping rocks for grubs, living in the desert. Then the, uh, the Boers built a good country, and that, that attracted the niggers for uh, the work and the, and the food, just the way that if you're passing out handouts, you get pigeons or rats. And uh, over time, we, we know, we've talked about it before, no need to go into it again. But So who created this song, this Delary song? video on YouTube. It is a big hit. I get it's it's almost like a country it's almost like a country music song. It's gotten so many comments. There was actually a good comment here which uh, sort of delineated its rise. There's now one thousand one hundred and twenty one comments. Yeah. It sounds like song. martial music to me.
berg in die nacht Lee ons in donker en wacht In die modde en bloed lee ek koud Streepsak en reenkleeft in my En my huis en my plaas Tot koele verbrand So dat hy ons kan vang Maar die vlamme en vier brand nou diep Diep binnen my De la rai, de la rai Sal jy die boere kom lei De la rai, de la rai Generaal, generaal Soos een man sal ons om jou val Generaal, de la rai Oor die kakies wat lacht Heinkie van ons, die in jylle groot macht En die kranse leed hier tegen ons rug Hulle dink is voorbij Maar die hart van een boer Leed dieper en weier Hulle gaan het nog sien Op bevaar kom hy haar Die liep van die westransvaal De la rai, de la rai, sal jy die boere kom lei De la rai, de la rai, generaal, generaal Soos een man sal ons om jou val, generaal, de la rai De la rai, de la rai, sal jy die boere kom lei
online. Listen to this first comment. Those of you wondering what South Africa is actually like now that the Jewish press doesn't write about it any longer. He says, uh, I guess he's responding to the, the rest of the world has always looked at South Africa as the country that achieved something in Africa. If South Africa became the next Zimbabwe, then UK and Europe must throw their doors wide open because, frankly, it's already open season to kill each and every white, as stated by a black policeman five weeks ago before he killed a white man in cold blood. <laughs> Said policeman and friends robbed a woman and then shot her son. So that, a, a South African says that's what's going on. It's open season on whites. And there, there's another video on YouTube of Nelson Mandela singing Kill All the Whites. Again, the, the Jew producing your local newspaper or writing the AP, the rare AP article about South Africa now that it's majority control doesn't tell you that kind of thing. You have to seek it out on the Internet, but it's what's really going on. Niggers are unfit to run a country, having IQs of about 60 on average in Africa. I mean, you're basically letting... It's like giving a bunch of retards the key to your car and then expecting them to ferry you to your destination. I mean, you can't get there from here. Retarded people don't deserve the right to vote. It's not a good qualification. And, you know, there's a thousand comments in here. I've only read eight of them, so I'm assuming there's a lot of good stuff hidden back in the pages. Of course, it's it's interspersed with uh, some hard-boiled or liberal comments that yeah. are totally out of whack, but the dearth of comments are supportive and uh, unrepentant. And remember, this is what the, the Jew Orfield at Harvard wants more of for your country and your people and your community. He wants more integration. Well, in South Africa, more than 80% of the people there are black or non-white. Whites are only about 4 or 5 million. I think they're down from 5 million at the time of its so-called liberation. They, uh, about a million of them have fled wherever they can go, Australia, Britain, to get away. But, but where more than four-fifths of the people are non-white, whites live in abject fear of their lives. Thousands of farmers have been murdered. The Jew-controlled Associated Press never mentions that. It's never written about at all. Or maybe in the very last paragraph they might mention, but they never make it front and center the way they did when one black would get beaten, you know, with a siambok, siambok during, a, during apartheid. And it's just, there's a complete lid on learning the truth about racial reality in your country, just as in South Africa. So they never tell you any of the... The hush crimes, as we call them, that uh, that we talk about on Goyfar, you won't read about them, and you won't read about any of the farmer murders in the international press, because the important thing was to destroy the forever and ever the idea that whites can run their own country. No, only Jews are allowed to run their own country. Whites must be mixed in and destroyed through integration, whether yeah. in South Africa or whether in your neighborhood. Yeah, here's a so, comment from one of the hard-boiled liberals. But when I read the New York Times article about this song, I nearly died from laughter, thinking about all this fuss over a song. Then reading the comments on this blog made me just plain embarrassed to be South African. It's time to get with the program, people. No use complaining about how bad the blacks treat you. You reap what you sow, and we sowed a hell of a lot of evil in SA. Payback's a bitch. Yeah, and that's that exactly is the the liberal mentality at its finest. You you got a person who's probably white or he may be a Jew masquerading and it's like no matter what blacks do to you, it you deserved it. Because you you exposed them to four hundred years of slavery. Or you set up apartheid. It was, it was never done. Nothing can ever be d done that will justify those great crimes. The liberal will always recur to them, just as Jew John Stewart does on The Daily Show. No matter what blacks do, the very worst thing in the world, 
you held them as slaves for 400 years, therefore you deserve it. And so that's why they don't, they are absolutely heartless. They don't give a shit what happens to whites. In fact, it's the reverse. They love it. They love seeing whites raped and murdered. They love, I mean, it, it, it serves every one of their purposes to see your kind raped and murdered and made fun of and shat on yeah, by their the colored tools. Thing, the important thing to remember is history is a construct. It has no, no reality, really, except for the people who, who weave it and, and propagate it. It's a story. Well, there were actual things that happened, but they tend not to be the ones reported on or emphasized. You can figure out history as it actually happened, as, as Bon Rank said, but the Jews are what the Jews do. The Jews' idea of history is history is a narrative that serves Jewish interests. And, and anyone who narrative. says otherwise is discredited as pseudoscientist, like David, right. Irving, or David more, Irving. Yeah, it's more or less a fiction that they can present as fact and thereby yeah. influence. Uh, the present politically. Yeah, they select people from history who's, uh, who fit their, their needs. Like they select Lincoln and build him up because he concentrated power. Well, they don't like decentralized power, which was the whole pains of the founders to set up a government where you had power at different degrees and different level and competing centers to keep things more or less free. Uh, by setting up competing power centers. They don't want competing power centers. They want one power center dictating to everybody else. Therefore, Lincoln, having consolidated power in the U.S., is treated as a hero. They don't tell you that's why they celebrate him. They claim it's because he freed the slaves and he was for equality and all that, even though he wasn't technically, because you can find all kinds of comments against blacks. But that's how the Jew approaches history, as something you, you, you de-emphasize or you re-emphasize or you simply fucking make up whatever fits your current needs. And even if that flips 180 degrees, big deal. You just rewrite the textbooks tomorrow. Stuff Orwell was talking about is exactly what they do. And that's why you read only stuff that they want you to know. Like, you read, you know, you don't read books about blacks gang raping and murdering whites. You read books about white, evil, slutty, white trash women maliciously accusing niggers of rape when they didn't rape them to kill a mockingbird. You read up made-up Jewish bullshit like Annie Frank's novel instead of the true facts about World War II and say... The bombing of Dresden that killed, you know, at a minimum, tens of thousands of innocent white citizens. You don't read about that. You hear about Annie, Annie Frank's perfervent hallucinations. So always Jewish myth is privileged over fact. And that's what's called an education in America and the Western world. Well, it isn't. Yet another reason you need to homeschool. Yet another reason you need to be extremely careful about that pig in the poke you're buying when you go to college and pay 20000 a year at Purdue. 50,000 a year at Pomona, at least probably a, a few thousand at a community college. What are you buying? Probably you're getting a bunch of lies and you're paying premium for them. You're filling your body up with premium Jewish gas at a hell of a lot more than three bucks a gallon when you buy a college education from a goddamn Jew. You know, we have a TSB here out of San Antonio. Police were looking to question a 19-year-old woman Wednesday after... The bodies of her two young children were found wrapped in plastic bags underneath a home on the city's southwest side, police said. Have you got a link to this? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't see that one. We had a, that was a late, this is a late addition to our crew. He's kind of the, uh, we had to yeah. stick him in. One of our regular players was sick. Right. He's a pinch hitter. Yeah. At the time, they thought this still could have been an animal in a plastic bag. They were right. <laughs> <laughs> they took a knife, cut the bag a little bit, and a child's leg came oh, out. Oh, man, I bet that smelled pleasant. Yeah. 
they got to teach the spickers that the, the corpses stink. Ah, oh, bouquet to decompose spicklet. Oh, man, there's nothing better. Supposed to go down to the dumpster and dump it in there, honey. Throw the Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, oh decaying leg. Mm. Oh, man. I'm going to squeeze a little of that in my hamburger. Read about her four kids. Oh. What happened? Did they ever find them in ages? This one's 19 years old, this this uh, uh, chunklet is. This chunklet. 19 on kid number four. Yeah, and they had the bodies. That These were only two bodies, one of a two-year-old girl and a five-month old baby. So two uh, it makes her 17, one of them at least, starting at 17. I guess that's late for a, for a spectrus. Yeah, they're so goddamn dumb too. You know, they kill their own kids and then stick them under their what in their like their crawl space or something. Yeah. What the the fuck? I mean, Gacy at least you know he buried him and got away with it for a long time. They just fucking throw him under there. Probably smell it like blocks away. That's right. Y'all must have had some raccoon crawl out of there and die because that's some badass shit coming out. Nah. Well, what are the other interesting facts about? Oh yeah, she had two more uh, and. Child welfare took them and those away and then gave them back. I think they'd since disappeared. Nobody knows where they are. Holy Christ. Yeah, they said, I, had, I hadn't even very... read that story, and then I, then I read it. Police were called to triplex after residents were reported smelling a foul odor that had been lingering for as long as two weeks. That's how goddamn low IQ these things are, called people. You know, I mean, it's just fucking stupid. They can't even commit a crime correctly when their whole fucking future is at stake. Right. So how can they do anything else right? You know? They're a valued addition to the country, Alex. I'm surprised that you don't know them. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. what Mexican Mexico City stinks like. Oh, Mexico City's horrible. It's huge. So get this thing. Forever. Sister on there, and she's interviewed on one of these uh, websites, TV websites, and she said that it was so bad one time that she was having an argument with her husband. She witnessed this, right? So she turned to the kid, the, one of the infants, and starts pounding it like it was a full-on, you know, grown woman the same as her. Just home, home, fisticuffs on her kid. And they, they, they yanked her off in time in that. Oh, man. <laughs> now, this is a, a very cryptic sentence here. I can't really make heads or tails out of it. Vladez said that four years ago, Child Protective Services took custody of Lopez's four- and a five-year-old child. So there's more... More of these little these little bitches still living that are going to reproduce in time. They, they gave them back, and I think they're missing, aren't they, now, Aegis? Let's hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, five, is this, was this a five-year-old child four years ago? Would that have made her 11? Uh, That's about right. She's punching her own kid like it's an adult. One but more. the point is, this woman kills a couple of her own kids, and still there's more to carry on her tradition. Flavored stupidity. All right, that's two more than the uh, spinstress wasp uh, master's uh, educated cunt that's uh, espousing uh, feminist ideology. Yeah, and I got well, a question about the fox watchers. Where Where is this uh, Hispanic bitch? Why don't you see uh, Nancy Grace quacking about her every 30 seconds on the TV? Where is she? If you've seen her, here's her license plate. Yeah, you know, I said before on the FTL, I heard I've only, someone I know likes her show, and I watch the show like, Maybe twice. It's so fucking boring. I couldn't stand it. But the second time I had it on, I was I was kind of cleaning up some stuff. And I mean, she took like 
something that could have just been disposed of in 30 seconds and turned it into an hour show talking about some white child molester. And you're like, Jesus Christ, how do they get any ratings for this shit when it's so boring? When, you know, I, I could list, and I'm not even particularly into crime myself, you know, ten of these stories that we talk about all the time that are that a are hundred times more dramatic than that, they won't cover it. Hey, what did it smell like? What was it? To, can you describe it? Is it kind of like dead meat in the fridge when the power failure, or what? Yeah. What is what is this line from? Uh, I think this is the same story. CPS spokesman Mary Walker told KSAT 12 News that Valerie Lopez was 13 years old and pregnant with a second child when the agency placed Lopez and her first inch infant in a foster home. <coughs> and this is this is typical Mexican behavior. This is the kind of creatures they are. They are not in any way like whites. And integrating them with us means destroying us. The bad drives out the good. The good does not convert the bad to good. She's the good gets overwhelmed and driven out. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of which, we do also have a, a story of the Indo-Scythian kingdom uh, and the uh, Sakas and Gandahara sculptures in the city in stupas. Uh, Jane, you've uh, created quite a thread here with all types of uh, new facts and discoveries and uh, artifacts from this region. Now, the indo You've got to explain some of these words. I don't think people, I, I don't even know these words, and I, I suspect a lot of listeners aren't aware of any of this stuff. But what's going on here, Craig? This part of the fun of this story is these people are related to Scythians and Tokarians, and they came out of South Siberia. And uh, I just chanced upon this word Gandhara, which is, uh, I think it means perfume essence or something in Sanskrit of all languages. And so I began to read. You know, the Indians write about this in North India. They have an extreme interest in this. And then uh, one thing led to the other, and I'm reading about Bactria, which was in uh, what's present-day northern Iraq. And again, these people came out, and these, uh, let me see if I can get it correctly now, the Indo-Scythians, you see, were related to the Scythians. These Indo-Scythians, look at their coins here, Alex. As I say, the one fellow looks like he's an Englishman on the first one on the thread with a pith helmet. On a yes, he does. Uh, he looks like a, or, or a real, you know, good-looking Greek guy or something, you know, old Greek, not, not the real Greek. Spell that right. Scythian now. What are, you, what are you talking about there? S-C-Y-T-H-I-A-N. Now, in another of these stories, it said that what happened is the Tokarians... And many people, some people have seen that PBS, uh, the, the mummies of, uh, what's it called, the mummies, do you remember? T Tokar uh, Basin or something like that, Basin? Yeah, yeah it's in Xi'an, uh, X-I-A-N, China, which is in, which is in the, the northwest corner of China. So it essentially butts up against this area I'm talking about now. Now, this area covers uh, parts of Pakistan and northwest India. And people may just throw that away in their minds and say, oh, those are all non-whites today. Well, perhaps. Uh, although a lot of them are descended from these people, which is not to say they're white, but the point is our people held sway and ru ruled these areas, and they moved into uh, this Gandhara, which is northwest, uh, pardon me, Pakistan, northwest India, and Afghanistan in 2000 and 2500 B.C. That's when they moved there from southern Siberia. And prior to that, around 1500 B.C., the Tokarians, or uh, pardon me, not prior, but in this time span, the Tokarians ran them out of China. Now, if you look at some of their jewelry down there, you can see there are curly-haired white people on the sides of these uh, chalices. And, and uh, uh, here's another one. Uh, 
dragons, and it looks like they have horned helmets like Vikings. You see their beards there, Alex and Aegis? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, when they're talking about dragons, now it's known that these are because these people came up on dinosaur bones, and that's the only thing they could accredit to the, with their level of sophistication and understanding of science and history. Mm-hmm. The, the mythical creature, the, the dragons. Well, so far as I know, I don't read about dinosaur bones up in this Gandahar in uh, northwestern Pakistan, northwest India. Well, I don't read about them, but there are all, they are all over China, as we all know. So they probably experienced this, and I'm just guessing, uh, dragons. And then scroll on down to the coin. Look at this one coin with this fellow. Uh, you see him there on the left? He looks like Paul Revere. Yeah. It looks exactly like a fancy <laughs> Paul mm-hmm. Revere. With the, with the elephant uh, on top? Yeah, what is that? But Craig, I thought white people were just living in caves while the coloreds were developing the, the known world. Well, this, this is what really can piss a person off because, you know, we should have white archaeologists from Europe and, the, Europe and the United States over here digging this, helping these third world countries. Instead, we're bombing them into oblivion. Yeah, we're in Afghanistan, but we're not digging for this stuff, are we? No. And this guy has one of these guys that's such a prominent... Uh, Nose ridge. I mean, you can tell he's not Oriental in the slightest. Yeah, they absolutely are all over the India and all over the rest of these areas, and they were creating civilization. And that's yet another Jew lie. Just like lie that the Red Indians were in America first. They lie that uh, they've they've covered up the facts of the the that Aryans were widespread across pretty much wherever you find development. There were originally whites there who developed it. And they later mixed in with the people and browned out, and, and that's why those areas quit producing any kind of scholarship or cultural advance. Right, they were there creating wealth and culture where they resided. Just as they did in South America. Or, I mean, sorry, South Africa, Zimbabwe, the highlands of Kenya where the British went. Some of the best of their people went and developed really nice, uh, beautiful cities, and, and now they've been despoiled by as the niggers have taken them over. Well, this is a little bit different. It's in Asia, which isn't quite so backward. But whites were there a long time ago, thousands of years. They're making these beautiful coins you can find at vnnforum.com. What section is this in? This is in the archaeology and anthropology section. You can go there, have your homeschooler go there and, and learn about things that he is not going to learn in public schools. They're going to teach him a false narrative of his people's history that holds them as guilty and evil when, in fact, they were creative, spread their creativity over most of the known world. And it's the few parts where they did not spread that are notoriously backwards and, and were and still are and always have been, like Africa. And they, they were around the coast a few hundred years ago, but they, and they were in North Africa, north of the Sahara, but they weren't in the interior, and that's the most backward part of the planet. They weren't in the interior until the 19th century. Yeah, and of course, you know, these types of things are, are obsec- they're, they're suppressed by even the Indians themselves. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to know it. Uh, they want to relate all of these achievements to themselves uh, and their people, but yes. that clearly was not the case. For, for reasons of racial pride, they will rewrite history with fables and lies and because listen, they can't handle the truth. They talk about the Rig Veda, and if I remember correctly, the Rig Veda came after the Vedas. I mean, it's one of the, it may be one of the Vedas, but it's one of the later ones. It says, the Rig Veda, an ancient sacred book of the Aryans, includes a poem on Gandhara, while the uh, Atharva Veda has talked about the Gandharis, the people of Gandhara. The name also appears in ancient uh, inscriptions uh, going back to uh, 
then they say that there's an inscription listing the 23 territories of King Darius, Darius of Greece, and those include Gandhara, along with Bactria and Sadaguri. Then they show these temples here where stupas, they're stupas essentially, which are burial uh, tombs in some cases. Uh, stupa, is that an English Buddhist. word, or what kind of a word is no, that? No, it's, a, it's, a, it's technically a Buddhist uh, uh, cairn or, or a Buddhist uh, monument, but the stupas are also used by the Tokarans as burial. Uh, burial. In this case, they're not. They're, they're Buddhist stupas. That's S-T-U-P-A, right? Right. There, there was a lot of cross-pollinization, so uh, the Buddha, I think, was born in Nepal, currently Nepal near the Chinese border, but... Mm -hmm. uh, just as the, in the Tokarian, these mummies of Zizian or whatever, I, I have that movie, but uh, PBS wrote it or the Discovery Channel, or they, they sent people there, but they found paintings on the wall in which the people looked French or Italian, and yet some of the males would have a uh, dot in their forehead. So there was cultural borrowing, borrowing back and forth between these cultures, but whites were very preeminent and uh, the larger part of these hundreds of years. And the, the point about, to explain the Tokar, you said that's in northwest China. The, isn't the point that they found essentially European mummies there? Yeah, that's the one where they'd have uh, uh, Celtic weaves, and uh, they believe that they may have taught the Chinese, I think it's to, to, to forge iron. Uh, they had a horse culture. They were buried with their horses, and I've talked before about the horse Veda, the first Veda. And uh, yet they say that the Takarian language, and there are still some surviving documents in Takarian, that there are a few of them, that they are not, uh, it's, although it's Indo-European, it's not Sanskrit. So, and yet the Scythians and the Takarians were having all these dealings, and you can't help but think, I mean, if they have these dealings, obviously they, I would say they made it, you see, they, their bloodlines ran together at some point, mm -hmm. you know. A woman from one tribe would be traded or, or marry into the other. They came, nobody disputes, they come right out of southern Siberia. Now, southern Siberia is a hell of a long way from here, you know, this area. This is not just like a few hundred miles off or a thousand. It's just way mm -hmm. up there, you know, Siberia. So it's just fantastical, these, these cross currents. And, and uh, I remember in one Goy fire we quoted the Scotch, and they said that they were a Scottish document, wasn't it? And they said that we're descended from the... Uh, from the Scythians, and the document yeah. was like 1440. Remember that? We looked it up. Oh uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the more fascinating essays I I read I've read was from a, a German a racial anthropologist by the name of I think it was H. F. K. Gunther, and uh, he talks a lot about race souls in the German uh, Rassenseelen. And one of his studies was the racial changes that more that he speculates took place in India that were reflected in changes in their culture and one of the more fascinating things he describes is how their religion turned from its original Aryan based way of looking at the world they were really a handsome and powerful people looking at all this and as warriors they were too, especially I think the Scythians. And uh, when we talk about this, I don't know if people think it's just, uh, some some people must think it's some kind of fiction or we're half making this up or we're, just like, we're, we're looking at Atlantis and Moo or something. No, it existed. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are the things you're not really going to hear about in your history class. 
hear about the Jews at infinitum, but you don't hear about the origins of your own people. And you have to seek that knowledge out yourself. We help you at vnnforum.com and uh, teach it, learn it. Know how you're being lied to so you can counter the lies and realize that destroying the, the true narrative of your own people and replacing it with a false one is, is part of the Jews' deracination and attempted genocide of your people. They want to wipe out your kind, and part of that is lying about its history. Do Jews do that? Yes, they do. Yes, they do, even as they invent false history of their own people, being enslaved in Egypt and, and, and uh, being liberated and walking through the Red Sea and Auschwitz. Jewish history is nothing but a series of lies calculated to make everyone but them look like the bad guys. The reverse of the case. Yeah, well, VNN Internal, we had uh, Jim and Co. YouTube vids as well as torrent files being uh, circulated. I don't know if Jane or Alex, do you have anything more to add to that? Why don't you tell well, people about torrent files, I just do. Yeah, well, this is something Bud White did all on his own. He's uh, now seeding tor torrent files, which are distributed through peer-to-peer -peer networks that don't necessarily rely on one server that could be potentially taken out but are used by everyone, for example, who downloads Joyfire MP3s could potentially become seeders for torrent distribution. Uh, it's basically just a way of distributing content uh, via the internet, be they application, software applications, music, basically yeah. any, anything digital can be uh, shared using uh, the asymmetrical distribution network, otherwise known as uh, BitTorrent or Torrents. Which and are I usually used to download Hollywood movies or, or music, which is technically illegal, but a lot of people do it anyway. But it can be used legally as well to download anything, pretty much. Yeah, anything on your hard drive, you could potentially... Peer-to-peer, -peer, right? Right. That means so, it's hard. It's not you're not getting it off of some server. You're getting it off of a bunch, and some of them are getting it off you too. So you play your role in the process. Yeah. So potentially everyone who has downloaded a Goyfire could use their hard drive and internet connection to help others uh, spread the word. Yeah. It's a, it's another distribution means for Goyfire. Or for any kind of video, and what we've got. To talk about the Jim in Colorado thing, and what what he's doing with videos. He's kind of creating a creating unique videos, maybe of of. Well, Kurtz did one of uh, niggers killing people in like convenience stores, and you, you can brand it with uh, Go VNN or whatever you want, or Goyfire or whatever. And what's Jim in Colorado doing? He made one about uh, the two little nigglets who uh, were given marijuana by their. Uh... 19-year-old parents or something. Cousins. Relatives. Yeah. Cousins. It was a big hit. I guess it came in the top 10 of the day for YouTube. And that means right. lots of uh, eye views. And only he put goyfire.com on the front of the video. <laughs> yeah. And, but, uh, all yeah. throughout the video chain. It throughout. Was sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect way to see their name out there and get people listening to this and the kind of a grassroots revolution against the Jewish tyranny that has overtaken America. Yeah, within, that's why I we keep say, producing these shows. And hey... Anybody out there can come up with any kind of marketing idea they want and carry it out. And YouTube's a great way to do it. You're getting newer, younger people. You're getting video, which everybody likes. And uh, yeah, let them know. YouTube let has know. 100 Take million the initiative. viewers a day. Yeah. yeah White people have always taken the initiative. Guerrilla marketing. Guerrilla marketing, yeah. 
easy to do, easy to brand stuff. You know, the niggers supply the content, we just put our own name on it. You know, horrible as the content is, the Jews do it too. So we appreciate that, Jim in Colorado, and we, we appreciate anyone who uses our, our name and spreads it. Yeah, within a couple and, of days, it had over 50,000 hits. So, uh, yeah. We got noticed. Who knows? Maybe somebody's listening to this show for the first time due to Jim I'm and sure Co's efforts. I'm sure of it. What else we got going on? Any other internal? Well, Chain, you did a movie too, didn't you? I copied Jim and Colonel Kurtz's ideas. Yeah, fun to yeah. I did. A, in fact, I did one about the guy we talked about tonight, this uh, Puerto Rican Indian who uh, masturbated on a jetliner. I just can't believe it. To me, it's just like murder. What? What? What is? You know the the. The white men are, they should have been beating that guy to where when he landed the plane, you know, his p- face is all puffy and red and blue and purple. And say, well, we had to subdue him. Should have been that simple. Yeah, I mean, what a piece of shit. And instead, that the stewardess walks him to the front of the plane and probably held his fucking hand walking him up there. <laughs> probably got him some drinks. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Him some liquor. Yeah. But anyway, this is our 50th Goya fire, so it's a bit of a, a marker, a milestone. And we appreciate your listing. We appreciate your sharing our URL with others. And we'll try to keep it as funny and entertainment or uh, educational as, as we possibly can and not waste your time like so much media does. And uh, check us out at GoVNN.com for daily commentary and news articles and VNNforum.com. We've got a lot of members growing, and you can discuss what's going on and network with people in your local area. Uh, we're also at goyfire.com. You can write us at info at goyfire.com if you want us to uh, read your letter on the air and discuss what you say. And we're going to be doing that pretty much every show, I think, from now on out. And uh, we also got a newspaper, a print paper that we do. You can learn about that at vnnforum.com and all kinds of stuff. Just more and more, uh, as much as we possibly can, warning you about the threat to your community posed by organized Jews and the minorities they use to destroy us. So there's nothing more important in the world, actually, than the stuff we discussed on Goyfire here. Yeah, that'll about wrap it up. Thanks to Aegis for the idea of Goyfire and getting it started, and uh, Craig for all the uh, fantastic investigative work he's done, digging up the names and faces of the clowns who are murdering our country and our kinsmen. And each of us... Stan, uh, in the, it, Stan who got the name and does all the engineering. Not Stan all came up with the name and does the engineering and adds in the sound bits and the, and, and the music. As does and, Aegis and, now. You know, we, Aegis does some of that too, also. And, you know, we've come up with a, got a kind of a media collective going. We'd like to you to participate or, or at least uh, at least help us by spreading the word and spreading the URL. And probably our organizing, we're all organized out of vnnforum.com, so I encourage you to uh, sign up and join if you haven't already. And in any case, thanks for listening. Hey, I forgot to mention Free Talk Live, too. We're doing radio about three times a week. You can access it through GoVNN.com. we got Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and we're doing a special on George Lincoln Rockwell this weekend, March 9th. We're taping this on, what, Friday the 8th, is it? Or is it Friday? The Friday the 9th. It's going to be, it, it's, and uh, we got pretty much every other day or so, we got live radio for two, three hours a night. We encourage you to listen and call in and create a local network in your area using our national media and our local blogs to, to, to clue into the real story of what's going on in America today in 2007. Yeah. Uh, Stan, any closing statement? I just want to say that I think it's great that we've uh, reached uh, 50 shows, working yeah. with everybody, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing on. Yeah, when did we start, Aegis? When was the first show? April 22nd. 
pretty good. So we're averaging about a show every two weeks or so. Given our different locations and, and time availabilities is, is not bad, I don't think. I don't think it needs to be any more frequent either. We'd like to maybe maybe once a week at most. But but this stuff, it, it's news-driven, but the topics are evergreen. That is, the, the, they reflect underlying themes that do not go away. Well, they're not. They're not at all. They're not at all. They're the opposite of ephemeral, because we put them in the correct context, which is something the Jewish media that barely even bothers to report them, other than locally, never does. They never put black on white crimes, i.e., hush crimes, in the proper context, so you can see it's part of a greater and ever deeper unraveling of your civilization and your world, and that's what we always do. So your time's not wasted in joining us, nor is it wasted in supporting us. Keep listening, and we'll keep bringing this to you. All right, and on that note, I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, this is Angus from New York, the best of the movie boss.